0: Hello and welcome to DFS coach talk. It is Thursday, January 7th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, alongside Shane Caldwell, of course, and it's finally the NFL playoffs Shane. It's wild card Saturday. We've got a three game slate. Are you ready to crush
1: this? Yeah, it's, this is the first time ever we get to do these triple headers, uh, you know, on Saturday and Sunday. So it's awesome for the DFS format, huge contest on, on really FanDuel and DraftKings, especially, uh, for these three game slates. And yeah, we're, we're really excited about that. So I love the new format and, uh, some really some tough matchups here. Some, you know, you start looking at these defensive matchups, you go, man, that's a tough matchup. Well, they're, they're a playoff team. They're going to have a decent right. defense, right? So yeah, it's, a, it's it is going to be interesting. But there's definitely some awesome plays and some really really big superstars on this slate. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm
0: excited. This is one of the few benefits of the COVID 2020 season is we get seven playoff teams. So we get the three three games on Saturday and three on Sunday, like you said, the rare triple header. I love these three-game slates, so let's get after it. We're going to go game by game this week and help you prepare for DraftKings and FanDuel building those those lineups. Uh, so let's start with the Colts and the Bills. Saturday, 105 kickoff. And this is the highest total of the slate here on Saturday. Uh, the over-under on BetUS, our presenting sponsor, 51. And the Bills are favored by 7 at home. They are 13-3. Feeling good. In terms of the injury news, big question mark for the Colts and that terrific defense, DeForest Buckner, is questionable. And then one of the cornerbacks, Rock Yassine, is out. On the Bills' side, we've got Beasley questionable. So, um, Shane, I know that you've been big on a couple guys here in this matchup. You've been big on Josh Allen this year and your boy, Jonathan Taylor. You must have loved it last week. 253 (laughs) yards and two scores. They gave it to him 30 times
1: Better yeah. late than never, right? Yeah, exactly. I've been waiting for it all year. There's been games where they have literally give him the ball like seven times or eight <laughs> times when you go through his game log, which is seems kind of crazy now. But you kind of had a feeling they were load managing him and, and saving him for this type of opportunity. So, yeah, this is – and like you mentioned, Josh Allen in that dynamic passing game and that awesome B- Buffalo Bills offense on the other side. So, yeah, it's a complete opposite. Obviously, for Indy, you want to focus on the run game – and for Buffalo, you want to focus on the pass game. Now, problem with Indy and the run game is the game script doesn't make sense. If they're seven-point underdogs, you know, and you know, pretty big underdogs on the road. But you know, it doesn't look like weather's a factor here. But yeah, so I think let's start on the Indy side. Uh, I mean, everything is pointing towards just focusing on that running game with Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, let, let me just explain. I don't I don't like the uh, the Colts passing game. I don't trust Philip Rivers. He's done okay in some easy matchups, but this is a, you know, slightly above average, uh, you know, pretty, pretty solid uh, defense. The Bills, uh, the Bills pass defense, um, they're 12th DVOA and 13th in yards allowed per pass. So they're pretty solid, um, you know, pretty close to a top 10 team. They have the, the Buffalo Bills pass rush grade is the sixth best best in the NFL. So they have a decent pass rush in good coverage. And I don't, I don't like that for, for uh, Phillip rivers. So I think they match up good. Buffalo does against Indy's passing game. Now the game script says they're going to have to pass more with volume, but even with higher volume, I don't trust Phillip rivers. Now, when we go to the Indy running game, uh, you're going to be looking at the Indy's the third ranked run grade and run block, uh, you know, team in the NFL. So obviously they're very elite in that category and that's factoring in the whole season grade. when, a lot of the times they didn't even give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Like I said, 7, 8, 11 carries, you know, for example. Uh, Buffalo ranked 30 in their run defense grade for pro football focus, which is not good. Indy has uh, 101% run blocking advantage according to pro, pro football focus. So everything's pointing towards, obviously, Indy's going to want to control the game. We always say you want to keep the opposing offense off the field. And when you're playing Josh Allen, it's kind of like playing Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. You want to keep him off the field right now. So you're going to run the game. You're going to run the ball. So they're built for this type of game, actually. And Indy's defense is solid, which means I don't think Buffalo is going to be able to run it up like they have on other teams recently, which means Indy should stay close enough to still be able to run the ball. Jonathan Taylor, five yards per attempt r- rushing. This This statistic was pretty impressive. 685 rushing yards after contact. 2.95 rushing yards per attempt after contact. So he's breaking tackles. His elusive ratings really high. And Buffalo's not great in terms of, you know, tackling and their run great, their run stopping great. Uh, so everything is pointing towards Jonathan Taylor on that side, on the Indy side. Other than that, I don't think I'm going to get a lot of exposure to, like, the indie wide receivers. I mean, there's guys that could pop off with a couple big plays like Michael Pittman. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton's solid, but he's probably going to see a lot of Tredavious White as well, which I don't really like that matchup. If you want to go dumpster diving, you could look at Jack Doyle just because I think – they could run some of those play action design plays where they fake it to Jonathan Taylor and then throw it to Jack Doyle. So he's the type of guy that could get like 40 to 50 yards and a touchdown. He's touchdown dependent though, but I can see him being Mr. Reliable. I kind of like Jack Doyle at that minimal price. If you're just going to punt the tight end position, but that was the only thing I, so that's kind of where I'm at for the Indy side here. Um, are you thinking the same or are you going to try to get a little exposure to the passing game here?
0: I am. I am thinking the same. I mean, Taylor, you know, the only thing I don't like is that, they gave him thirty carries last week. I mean, why spend all that uh, energy? Um, well, he should be he... fresh because they barely
1: used him all year. So. That's true. That's
0: true. <laughs> I he's mean, young, right? Uh, you know, if 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 you know, preparing to roster him this week, though, I would have you know preferred that he only had twenty carries. But I do love the matchup for all the reasons you said, and I am willing to pay up for him on this slate. Uh, I mean, he's expensive on DraftKings at seventy nine hundred, but. Uh, They certainly want to run the ball. I think they will. And I don't really want to get involved in that passing game. And I think it's a good call to look at Jack Doyle if you want to punt the position. Now, on the Bills side, talk to me some more about Josh Allen. Um, Like you said, he's sort of in that Mahomes category of just explosive upside, can beat you on the ground, through the air, and uh, he's really trending in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I mean he's looking almost matchup proof. Indy's defense started out really hot the beginning of the year, but more recently they began up a lot of production and they probably gave up the most production through the air, which is what Buffalo's good at. Buffalo doesn't really want to run the ball. They're not great at running the ball. I think in the playoffs they might try to, you know, run the ball a little more, but they're just not good at it and Indy's pretty stout against the run. So it's essentially a pass funnel defense at this point when you're going up against indy and you have josh allen who it doesn't they have a decent pass rush in indy but it doesn't really matter he's mobile and he's big and physical he's great at throwing throwing on the run and no one seems to cover stefan Diggs. so you know indy if they're gonna have you know their their secondary is rated pretty high but i don't think they can handle stefan Diggs. i don't know if they can handle a healthy john brown with the speed and then you got beasley in the slot too so I just don't see them matching up that well, and I don't think Buffalo is going to be able to run the ball. So really, where we talked about Indy is a low-volume passing attack and a high-volume running attack. This is the complete opposite. Now we're pretty much low-volume rushing attack and high-volume passing, but a very productive passing. Uh, the Bills pass offense third in DVO rating and third in pass per yards. Uh, Josh Allen improved his accuracy so much this year, you know, and that's what really uh, made him come out of nowhere as, you know, like pretty much an MVP candidate. Uh, And and this offense in terms of creativity and everything they do is really good. That's why their offensive coordinator, Doval, has been, you know, been interviewing for head coaching jobs and stuff. You know, he's that good and that creative. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's hard to fade Josh Allen here. He's going to be huge, uh, really highly owned. And Stephon Diggs, everyone's going to remember a couple weeks ago, when literally Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs was winning people fantasy championships and they had that monster game. So these guys are going to be like, what, 70, 80% owned. So that's the only downside there. So uh, you have to figure out a way to get creative. Otherwise, if you're going to attack this um, and then Diggs is expensive, of course, he's worth paying up for. And then John Brown is an excellent, such a good play that he's going to be super high owned as well. Cause he's only 500 on handle and 47 on DK That seems really cheap, and then if you want, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really doubt you if you wanted to go with Dawson Knox minimal price super cheap as well and he's pretty athletic like, tight in and he's been getting more and more routes run and more targets each week so i could see him being involved in the game plan here as well so yeah just i'm pretty much attacking the passing passing game here and uh try to get different uh, elsewhere because it's going to be super high i own but it's only you can get them indie through the passing game more than the running game
0: yeah i agree i mean this is buffalo's strength and this is what they want to do and expect to be able to do in this game. And I do think it's smart to get a piece of this passing game. And the Allen-Diggs stack certainly makes sense. It'll be popular. And I'll I'll trot it out there in a lineup or two. I do think you can use one or the other to get a little bit different. Maybe even just go with Diggs and pay down at quarterback so you can get some of these other studs in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough for the Colts. To really hold them down. And again, this is the highest total on the board, and we expect the Bills to do some damage. So, uh, should be a good start to the weekend. The next game, Shane, is not likely to be as high scoring. It is the Rams against the Seahawks. 4:40 kickoff. Over/under on BetUS is only 42 and a half. The Seahawks are are playing at home after winning the division. They are three and a half point favorites. And this is the third time that these two division rivals are going to play this year. Week 10, the Rams won 23-16. to Week 16, the, S- the Seahawks won 20-9. to So in both of those games, the total was was under 40. And basically, it's been like a, a field goal fest with both teams trying to run the ball, trying to maintain possession, not really having much success. You know, not many touchdowns to be scored here. But um you know, we've got some some big injury news here because Goff has been out with a thumb injury. Uh, he is throwing the ball now. We expect him to be back. Cooper Cup is going to be back after being on the COVID list. And they may get left tackle Andrew Whitworth back. He hasn't played since Week 10. That'll be a terrific addition uh, to the Rams side if he can play. On the Seahawks side, Jamal Adams has a questionable tag, but we think he'll give it a go. And then uh, Carlos Hyde should be back in the lineup. So. With uh, the stage set like that, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Anywhere we can go and and expect any sort of significant fantasy production in what could be a low-scoring battle?
1: Yeah, it's going to be a tough uh, defensive battle. Uh, I mean, the Rams don't have to worry about the crowd in Seattle like you normally would, like the 12th man. Uh, So that's an advantage for them going on the road. I mean, it's an advantage compared to normal. But, yeah, anytime you have these division rivals – that have two pretty tough defenses and it's the third time they've matched up, you know, it's a tough situation. It's like, they know each other so well, that's difficult. And you have the Seattle defense keeps getting better and better. Once Jamal Adams is back in it, just they're overall playing a lot better now compared to earlier in the year, they were getting lit up. Uh, the Rams defense was already good and they just keep continuing to just be, you know, among the best, if not the best. So the problem with the Rams' defense, there's no, like, apparent weakness. You can't really attack them anywhere. It's really hard to find a weakness there. They're good against the run, good against the pass. They pretty much do everything, pass rush, run defense, everything. Uh, Seattle's defense, you know, you can get them a little bit through the pass, but the Rams aren't really good at passing right now. Jared Goff will probably play this game, but I don't really like the matchups, and I think Seattle just puts a ton of pressure on you. I mean, Jamal Adams has, like, 11 sacks from the safety position, which is, like, crazy. Uh, so I just think they have really good safeties. Their corners are playing better. They're figuring out ways to get a pass rush. Seattle's defense. But on the Rams side, I think that you can uh, get some production out of the slot. That's probably the best matchup. So you can look at Cooper Cup here. Uh, he's coming back, you know, off injury. He's been out. He's in, been out a little bit. So if Cooper Cup, uh, certainly pretty affordable since he hasn't done anything lately. He's you know 6,400 FanDuel and 6,000 on DraftKings. So I think he's a good one-off from this game. And then if you're not going to go with him, you can go with the other guy who's going to get the targets is Robert Woods. So I think Robert Woods or Cooper Cup as a one-off are not bad plays here. They can certainly get some production um, just because it's going to be pretty hard to run the ball against Seattle. And then if you do want to attack the running game for the Rams, yeah, if they have uh, their left tackle back and you know you feel good about it, if Cam Akers is, uh, is a little bit healthier now, he's been a little bit banged up as well. But he's kind of a value play because he's pretty affordable on both sides. And Cam Akers would be the bell cow guy You know, uh, Henderson's out, so Cam Akers would be the guy. And if they want to try to, uh, you know, avoid the pass rush and kind of protect Jared Goff a little bit and play that old school pounded out, uh, uh, you know, playoff football, they will run the ball with Cam Akers. And they've shown in a few games that he can get high volume and be productive, even against tough defenses. Uh, hate the matchup against Seattle, but the Rams have a pretty good offensive line and ha- they're good as well. So it's kind of strength on strength. It's a pretty strong running game versus a really good run defense. But if if you're trying to protect uh, protect Jared Goff, who looks like he's banged up and it's not in a good, great matchup, and you know that your defense is dominant on the other side and could potentially get some turnovers and, and some sacks, right, and really control Seattle because they know the team so well, then you can run the ball. So that's why I think there is a path where Cam Akers does well here, even though they're underdogs. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at with the Rams side. I'm not getting, I'm not going to get too much exposure here, but there's a couple guys you can look at.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm a little bit more interested in, in the Rams passing game, it sounds like, than you are. And to me, it's a perfect GPP scenario, is if you fade Josh Allen and you pay down to Goff, who's got this thumb injury, uh, it is, again, a terrific matchup. Uh, Seattle 31st. This season in passing yards allowed, and in the first matchup between these two teams, Goff did go for over 300 yards. The problem was he didn't get any touchdowns; they ran it in inside the 10. So, perfect scenario for a GPP: you go with the injured quarterback in a good matchup, and and you pay down from the chalk of of Allen. And I would pair him up with Cooper Cup. Uh, I mean, on DraftKings. You know, he's been he's been good in this matchup in terms of uh, PPR. He's been solid, you know, eight for 66 the last time they played. So if he gets in the end zone once, uh, that's perfect. And you could even go with uh, two of these receivers in a game stack. Um, I mean, they love the short passes with the Rams. And like you said, it's a tough matchup to, to try to run it. Now, as for that running game, I didn't expect to have any interest at all until I saw Akers Price Fifty-one hundred on DraftKings. I agree. He is a little bit cheaper than than you'd expect, so he's in play for me as a as a GPP. But I'm I'm much more interested in this passing game, so that's that's where I'm going to look. Now, what about the Seahawks side for you?
1: Yeah, the Seahawks side. uh, You know, normally Russell Wilson would be a guy you would definitely consider, but I don't really love him against you know this this pass rush and this combination of coverage. You know, the the Rams are just you know loaded in the secondary. And they're, they're obviously with Aaron Donald, everything starts up front with that pass rush. So I don't, I don't really love the matchup here. I think Russell Wilson's been kind of cold lately. He did play a little uh, last few weeks. Seemed like he started to play a little bit better now and get back to where he was. But in general, it just doesn't. They, the teams know each other so well. It doesn't look like a high upside game for Russell Wilson. So I'm not really that interested in it. Uh, everyone knows, you know, DK Metcalf is, is has been great this year, but again, he's kind of fallen off a little bit lately. And Jalen Ramsey seems to match up. against him better than any. Ramsey's a big physical corner, matches up really well against D.K. Metcalf. I mean, D.K. Metcalf will still make a few plays, but in terms of having that big, huge ceiling upside that you've seen from him in some of the games, he doesn't typically get that with Ramsey. So then that leads us to to Tyler Lockett, who we've played a lot on and off this year. And Tyler Lockett's been very inconsistent as well. But if you're going to attack the Rams, it's in the slot – and more recently, you know, Tyler Lockett's come on strong as well and started playing better again. So, And he's going to be the, the most reliable, consistent target. And when it's playoff time, I think Russ will be looking for Lockett early and often here, and it's the best matchup. So I look for Lockett to have a high-volume game, and that's probably the, one of the best pass paths for them to make plays and move the ball here. Um, and then elsewhere, I think you can look at Chris Carson. Um, I know this is a brutal matchup against the Rams, but – Seattle's pretty pretty decent, you know, running the ball. And I think that uh, Carson's uh, been pretty involved in the passing game. You know, he gets some work in the passing game as well um and he's a tough physical runner i know he's been injured and in and out of the lineup but they've basically you know saved carson this is his time now once he gets to the playoffs where he'll become more of a high volume back so it's more of a volume play he's obviously going to be their goal line guy he's a big tough physical runner who can catch the ball the backfield as well so obviously you don't love the matchup but i love the situation if seattle can get a lead here because um, I feel like their defense is aggressive. Seattle's defense, they might be able to get a couple takeaways and get a little bit of lead here on on the Rams. And I feel like this is going to be a game script where Chris Carson gets a lot of volume. And he hasn't really had that many high-volume games. So I think he can produce in a tough matchup here. Um, you know, he's probably not my favorite, but you're going to get him at lower ownership because the problem is a lot of the running backs in this slate are going to be super high-owned, and you got to figure out a way to get different somewhere.
0: Excellent. Yeah, so I agree. I don't think it's a DK Metcalf game. You know, he's shown that in the matchups this season because of because of Ramsey, like you said. So Lockett would be the option to look at towards of the wide receivers. But I, I think it's going to be a struggle. I just don't have a lot of faith in the Seahawks being able to, to be successful moving the ball. So I think you could look at the Rams' defense. Maybe a punt play with a tight end like Hollister. Um, you know, he got a couple catches, got in the end zone against the Rams in the last matchup. Uh, he's really cheap at 2,700 on DraftKings, but I, I, you know, right at the top, I agree. Uh, this is not the Russell Wilson week for me, and it's strange to look at a game and think, you know, I have more excitement about Jared Goff than Russell Wilson.
1: But it's
0: mm-hmm. it's true. I mean, just he could still
1: get there. I mean, they, I mean, the Seahawks are still one of the best offenses in the league overall. It's just it is a brutal matchup, but. You know, he could still get there. But yeah, overall, yeah, I could see yeah, I could golf over Wilson. That is crazy. right? It <laughs>
0: <laughs> feels funny, but that's that's the way I want to go right now. Yep. So before we get to uh, game three and the big matchup between another star quarterback, Brady and Chase Young, uh, let's talk about this tremendous offer from BetUS that's still on the table. Uh, here are the details now.
2: Listen up, sports bettors, it's go time, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line. Earn bragging rights over friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action, but don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and most importantly, a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, and basketball, MMA, golf, horses, and even esports. No other sportsbook in the industry is committed to their users like BetUS. So sign up now and get on the winning side of the ball. Welcome back
0: and thank you to BetUS for extending that offer to our listeners. And this is the perfect time. I mean, the DFS card is jam-packed right here in January. So if you've been waiting, jump in with us now. You get all of our NFL coverage throughout the playoffs, NBA coverage, every single slate, all of our full lineups on FanDuel, lineup. GPP lineup every sport every slate, and then the DraftKings coaches clipboard. Of course, our sports are football, basketball, baseball, and golf. And of course, golf just started up, and then they're playing in Hawaii. Which man, if you've seen any of the the promos, uh, it looks so attractive. Man, I wish I could be out there. But
1: yeah, after after twenty twenty, that tropical yeah. paradise sounds pretty good right now. Exactly. Okay. You know, the yeah.
0: next the next best thing to playing at that course is breaking down the NFL playoffs and, and looking forward to this three game slate. So jump in with us. Um, if you're into the sports betting, go through BetUS, use that promo code coach talk, all one word, then send us a, a message on Twitter at DFS coach talk. Let us know that you've done that. We'll get you into our discord with an email. That's where we give out the lineups 45 minutes before kickoff in football. If you're not into the sports betting, just go to our website, sign up there, uh, 149. Same package is available, and you'll be members with us all the way until April first. So come crush it with us. We'd love to have you join the family. All right, Shane. Last game here on this three-game Saturday slate, and it's basically Tom Brady against Chase Young. I mean, you know, he's ready for for Tom, and man, the Washington pass defense has been excellent. So uh, break that down for me here to start with. Uh, I mean, we know that Mike Evans is questionable. But how do you think this is going to play out with the GOAT against Washington?
1: Well, I mean, the first name I have written down for Tampa Bay is Ronald Jones. Okay. Um, so if you want to protect Tom Brady a little bit from Ronald Jones, you know, they got a pretty solid offensive line there. You run straight at these guys for for Washington uh, and you, you, you play tough physical football um, because here's the thing, you know, you know, that Washington offense is pretty bad right now. I'm just going to say it. Okay, and Tampa Bay's defense, I think, is coming on and playing, you know, playing pretty good right now. They're good. They're a good defense. So my point is Tom Brady doesn't have to sling it all over the field and score a bunch of points like he's been doing to win this game. Okay, and Tom Brady's smart enough to know that he's not going to expose himself. He's going to get rid of the ball very quick. So look for those quick little, you know, quick little shots there quick passes designed and I think they're going to actually run the ball a little bit more. Like you said, Washington's great. I mean, in terms of their uh, Washington pass defense, I mean, their second DVOA, second yards allowed per pass. So they're among the best in the league there. Um, But their run defense, they're, you know, middle of the pack for their run defense. So I think the Bucs could really uh, make a difference here with Ronald Jones. I just like he's a you know he's a big physical back. I know he'll be splitting time a little bit with Fournette, but I think when it comes down to it, the game script says they're heavy favorites, nine-point favorites. They're going to run the ball and and basically be really physical with Washington. And I think it's I think it's a good matchup. So that's why I like Ronald Jones. And you'll probably get Ronald Jones a little bit lower ownership than some of these other really chalky running backs here. Um, and he's middle priced, you know, sixty-seven hundred on FanDuel, fifty-five. On DraftKings, so I'm probably not going to get a lot of Tom Brady because of the tough matchup, and I don't like his his skill set against this really tough pass rushers. You know, the Washington being one of the best pass rushers and uh, pass coverage teams in the league. Um, I think the Bucks will still be getting some of those quick passes, so. I mean, you got to like Antonio Brown in this spot. I think that he's going to have a great, great matchup, whether he's on the outside or lined up in the slot. And he's a lot cheaper than Chris Godwin. So that's why I prefer Antonio Brown. He's seen he got, what is it, 15 targets, you know, last week. So they're starting to really connect there. And Antonio Brown almost looks like his old self. As you know, for a while there, he was, the, you know, by far the best in the game. So I like Antonio Brown here. I think he can match up and and, and, uh, expose, you know, whether it's Ronald Darby or one of these other uh, Washington corners. And then I think you can take a look at Gronk as well, because if Mike Evans is banged up, we don't really know what's going on with Mike Evans' knee. It's kind of hard to trust the way that injury looked. Uh, I think Gronkowski is going to get more red zone targets because obviously Mike Evans has been known this year for having like 30 yards and like two touchdowns on, you know, several occasions. Well, that's the type of game that Gronk can have because he's just a big physical guy that can post you up. And when it comes down to crunch time, you know, uh, Brady's going to look for his guy that he trusts and that he's been playing with for years and winning so many, pl- you know, playoff games in the Super Bowl. So I can see him targeting Gronk more, especially in the red zone. A little bit touch, a little bit touchdown dependent, but that's, I think, his specialty. So that's why I think you can look at Gronk. So those are the primary guys I'm looking at. I don't really like Chris Godwin in the matchup for the price point, and I'm not sure if I trust, I don't think I trust Mike Evans at this point. So that's what's leading me to the running game and Antonio Brown and Gronk here.
0: Man, I don't know if it'll ever get old just saying Gronk. I mean, it's yeah, just the perfect gronk. name for, <laughs> yeah. for who he is as a football player, as a tight end, Gronk. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. got to enjoy it while we can. So, you know, it's funny because Brady has been so great these last three weeks, at least 348 yards passing three weeks in a row. People continue to doubt him. He continues to get it done in a big way. And, you know, Yes, that's what he's been doing, but it, it may change here. I mean, the NFL playoffs are all about matchups and game plans.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, you gotta mention, you got to mention the teams he played, though. I mean, it's he true. played by Detroit Lions, who, remember, their defensive corners play on roller skates or ice skates. And then he played Atlanta, who's had one of the best, worst secondaries in the league. <laughs> you know, So one of the best matchups, right? He played right. them twice. So. Well, yeah.
0: no, that that's the whole point is it's all about the matchup. And exactly. like you said, he's smart enough to know that. He's proven that for 20 years. He's going to do whatever it takes to win. And Arians is with him. And so they loaded up on the pass in those games because they could. You don't want to run against Atlanta. You want to pass. And now yeah. you're in a different situation with Washington. So all of a sudden, I agree with you. Not a big uh, Ronald Jones fan. But in this matchup, in this game scenario, at his price on this slate, uh, I do like him. And so I think you, you back off this passing game a little bit. You look at Jones. He, he's my favorite target on this team as well. And then we'll just have to wait and see in terms of the news. Uh, is Evans going to play? Uh, you know, how does he sound? How does he look? Uh, and then line up construction to figure out if you want to go to AB or you can afford Godwin or maybe you don't uh, get involved with that passing game. Um, And you and you just stick with Jones. So I'm with you on the on the Tampa side. How about Washington? This is a really interesting situation because, you know, they'd like to run the ball, but it's almost impossible to run it against Tampa. And then when they pass it, uh, I mean, Alex Smith, uh, just all these short conservative passes, you know, they're just not very. Yeah, happy. Yeah, exactly. So not very explosive, but they probably need to throw it against Tampa if they want to move the ball. Do you think they'll be able to?
1: Yeah, I mean, you probably saw this stat. This is the thing that's sticking out to me uh, big time for Washington's offense, because it's pretty ugly, really, is uh, the the Tampa Bay uh, defense, run defense, is first in the league, depending on what category. I like to look at DVOA because it takes in several cata- situations and matchups into account. count, but they're first DVOA and first in yards allowed per carry, which is another good statistic because it's per carry. It's not just weird situations. So in other words, they're a dominant shutdown run defense. So you think, I don't really want any running backs. But then you look at it and you say, well, running backs have caught 101 balls, 101 catches against Tampa Bay this year, which is number one in the league or, or worst in the league, however you want to look at it, for 671 receiving yards from the running back position. And it just so happens that Washington has J.D. McKissick, who's been pretty much the best like receiving back this year uh, in terms of being a target monster. Uh, the game sketch sets up in his game script, you know, and it just so happens that Alex Smith loves to check down to these running backs anyways. Uh, so, I mean, this is this feels like one of those games where J.D. McKissick is getting like 15 targets and catches like 12, 10 or 12 of them. Right. So that's why, you know, people are going to look at J.D. McKissick. A lot of people are, and they're going to see the matchup. And, you know, if you look at DraftKings, it has a red, it says second, which means the second worst matchup you can get, right? And you're going to probably avoid that. You're going to go, well, let's keep it going. I don't want to go against that tough defense defensive running back, right? But maybe they haven't looked far enough to see that they, these guys have given up over 100 uh, receiving yards. So that's the thing that stuck out to me is J.D. McKissick should be in the category. And by the way, you really need value on this on this slate to figure out how you can get up to these high-end guys. JD McKissick, 5,400 on FanDuel and 4,800 on DraftKings. So that's my biggest takeaway here. Uh, obviously, Terry McLaurin's in play because he's a great run after the catch guy. He's just super quick, and he can he can do work here. But it, it's not a really easy matchup. You know, there's pretty uh, – like, Jamal Dean's a pretty tough physical corner. Could probably cause some issues for him, and they're pretty tough, good tackling corners. But Terry McLaurin, he gets a lot of targets. You know where the, the where the volume's going. It's just a matter of if you're going to pay up for him when you don't think Washington's going to really score much or do much here. But, yeah, Terry McLaurin's great. And then, of course, you have Logan Thomas, who all of a sudden turned into one of the better tight ends in the league, kind of came out of nowhere. And Logan Thomas looks like, another guy that uh, alex smith loves and you can check down to him and he's just a big target and uh he's another guy that can do some run after the catch and he's pretty good athlete as well so those are the guys i'm looking at here but obviously like i'm saying mckissick is a guy i think you can get at low ownership that's probably going to catch a ton of balls in this matchup and the guy's super quick in the open field so i like him
0: i agree you know the first lineup i tried to build on DraftKings, i had two guys left to fit in and i wanted to put in stefan diggs and mckissick and I was $100 short, and it was Ooh, rough. Uh, that yeah, always so happens, too. That is it? the worst. If yeah. you get it, if it fits in perfectly, that's when you load up on the slate, you you add in some extra contests, play the single entries, um, maybe a couple different GPPs. So I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board and rework it, because I agree. I mean, McKissick, a great spot here, especially on DraftKings, full PPR. You look at the last game against Philly, he had five catches for 30 yards, and Just a couple near misses, so they certainly want to keep throwing it to him. They have a lot this year, and so don't worry about the fact that he didn't quite click last week against Philly. Uh, I think he could certainly hit value here in this one. Uh, Other than that, I don't know if I'll look uh, anywhere else. Uh, Thomas, I agree, probably my next favorite option. Uh, Certainly wouldn't be surprised if Smith uh, targets him at least 10 times and then all of a sudden you're in pretty good shape. All right, Shane, that wraps up the three game slate. Make sure you all tune in for our Sunday preview of that three game slate uh, on YouTube. Hit that like, subscribe, alert button so you know when those podcasts are going to post, and uh, certainly get in the rhythm here of listening to our NBA podcasts. We're putting at least five a week of those on YouTube and everywhere that podcasts can be found can be found. And we're also looking at starting to do some live streaming with the NBA. So so stay tuned for that. Uh, If you have any questions, check us out on Twitter, DFS Coach Talk. Uh, Give Shane a follow at DET Sports Shane. You can find me at Language Olympic. And the coach is available at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Shane, any final thoughts here?
1: No, I think we're ready for a great, great uh, Saturday slate here. So yeah, it's going to be fun building these, these uh, building the lineups for the three-game slate here. And uh, yeah, definitely come join us at dfscoachtalk.com and, and you know get in on the action because we got all these awesome NFL slates and we got NBA going full throttle and PGA just started back up. So we're excited. We're we're loving it.
0: Amen to that. So uh, awesome stuff here. Enjoyed it. Thank you all for tuning in on behalf of Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team. I am Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.